0: Happy Happy Father's Day to each one of you this morning, to all you fathers I should say, and uh, for the rest of you I'm sure we're all happy for fathers wherever we're at. Um, this morning I'd like to look at uh, a psalm, actually two psalms, that uh, paint a very nice picture Um. And I'd like to look at them for encouragement. Psalm 127 and 128. You would open your Bibles to those two. They're called Psalms of Ascent. Um, I guess they read these as... or it's thought that they read these as uh, the priest read them as they went up into the temple, up the temple steps, or it's thought that when they went up the... um, Temple Mount, that they would read these Psalms from um, this kind of cluster here to Psalm 130. Um, But, anyways, I'd like to focus on these two. Very familiar passage. Um, There's a lot in here for us. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Low children are the heritage, our inheritance of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be. And it shall be well with thee, thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Ye, thou shalt see thy children's children And peace be upon Israel. Beautiful scripture to look at, and it all makes it all sound so simple, right? Uh, Let's look at this, and I have a number of points that I would like to to um, hone in on as we look at these verses. Taken out of the verses themselves. Verse 1, recognition of our dependence on God. Especially speaking to the fathers. It seems like this is who the psalm; these psalms are addressed to. Uh, so it seems very fitting. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman worketh but in vain. So fathers, this morning it's not for us to collapse into a little puddle and say, God, you've got to build my house. I don't really think that's what it's about here. Rather, I believe this is saying, Lord, this is your project. It's fathers, this, we're, we're saying to God, we're giving you this, this project. And uh, committing ourselves to being diligent and, and making our family our families the success that God would have them B. It means a full commitment on our part, and to obedience and adherence to God's word and to the principle of the word. Except the Lord build the house, that means that we're starting on the foundation of the Lord, on His principles, and then following it through and looking for His guidance in every way. Matthew seven twenty four follows through on this principle, or a New Testament passage that, that, that uh, may explain this better even, talks about the wise man and the foolish man. And Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the winds blew, the floods came, and they beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock, or on the rock Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say what happens when the foolish man build a house. Uh, the rains came, the floods rose, the winds blew, and that house fell. And the fall and the great of it was, and the fall of it was great. Um. So here again, except the Lord build the house. That's talking about us taking the initiative to build our house on the principle of God's Word. And then following through and and, uh, and and looking to the Lord for sustenance. Looking to Him for the grace to move ahead. As men, we tend to have the can-do attitude. We can do it. Little boys are little... Rodney, who's only 16 months old or 17 months old, he can do it. He's pretty sure he can do it. It doesn't matter what it is. And uh, that can go through with girls as well, but I think it tends to exhibit itself more with boys as they grow older. Uh, It's a good characteristic. And uh, as men, we we need to do. We need to... um, take our roles, and and be leaders. And this is all good when it's kept in a balance. However, great things, like raising a godly family for example, uh, it requires more than what any man can do in and of himself. It constitutes a full dependency on Christ. The realization that we're fully dependent on Him, on His good grace for everything everything, from putting the bread on the table to the ability to help guide our family, our wife, our sons and daughters to their deepest soul's needs. Fathers, in everything, we are fully dependent on the good graces of Christ. Thank you. In every way. And if we don't realize that and appreciate that, we're in for uh, struggles, serious struggles, and may it possibly even disaster. Paul says it this way I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. I think that principle ties in so well with except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. It's only about God. Giving the increase. We do our part. It's a blessing for us fathers to be able to work. To have work. It's a greater blessing than what we probably realize. Um, I've seen people here in situations, fathers here in situations that they don't know uh, where they're going to get the work to provide for their own. And it's not... Nice. It's a blessing to be able to be useful in our society. It's a blessing from God. A privilege. And a right. It's the gracious hand of God that keeps the city, the home, and gives the increase. And when there is no increase and everything seems difficult, And loss seems to be an experience. And that can happen at times. It does. It's in these times more than ever that we need the assurance that the divine is keeping our home. It's in those times that we need that relationship with God more than ever as fathers. Number two, set godly priorities and don't be distracted by worldly snares. Don't be distracted by worldly snares. It's vain to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so He giveth His beloved sleep. And this verse, as I read it, seems so anti-American work ethic. Um, you know, when someone calls me at 5.30 or 6 in the morning and they apologize for the inconvenience, my first um, natural response would be to say, oh, you know, oh, I've been up since 4.30, how can I help you? I mean, that's just... You know, the American thing to do. You know, we've been up all night. We're just, um, I mean, that just seems to be our, our society. And then, of course, that'd be a bald place lie if I said that. But um, I think this is kind of our way. Um, we're, we're a society that believes all is possible. We just have to work hard enough to get where we want to go. And if that requires getting up and Early and working way late, you know, so be it. I read about uh, one guy that was involved in a, a very successful, profitable, albeit underground, business. And uh, it was the kind of work that was really unsuccessful, but in his mind he was being successful but the, the stress got him to, to him so bad that he was compulsively biting his fingernails until they'd bleed, you know, and he was staying up writing code into his computer, you know, almost 24 7, and he was, you, know, doing whatever it took um, to be successful. And I was thinking, "Wow, what a way to waste a life." And yet, it's so easily be pulled into that. Father's God has something so much better for us than that. He gives his beloved sleep, and I'm not saying there'll be never be extreme conditions. The farmer has to harvest his crop when it's ripe. The contractor needs to pour the concrete when the conditions are right. Uh, maybe for the uh, doctor, you know, when the baby's coming, he's got to be there. Um and for the teacher, you know, the, the papers have to be graded to make the deadline, and for the student, so forth, he's got to get his things done. And it's even ideal for the preacher to have his sermon prepared by Sunday morning. Um But what I'm saying here is when it becomes a pattern of life that there's just an earthly entanglement and that just you know binds a person to an ongoing, like, you know, the song country song says, "I'm in a hurry to get things done and rush and riot, rush till life's no fun. All I've got to do is just live and die, and I'm in a hurry and don't know why. that That is just that's not what God has called us to. Um, he wants us to have focus, and he wants us to have priorities. Um, that, you know, if we're there in that kind of entanglement that my father, friends, is simply nesting a bed of sorrows. Um, and I, you know, I would add even a word of caution, even uh, noble and righteous things can become undue entanglements for us. We need to know how to set priorities and, and, uh, and avoid snares. We're called to, to, to live a disciplined life, a life that avoids unnecessary pitfalls and entanglements. And I believe it's important to teach our children this. It's important for them to understand, for us fathers to teach our children that they have dignity before God and they're not simply servants of society. Our citizenship belongs to God. Their citizenship belongs to God and to His people. Not to Hollywood, not to any motor company or startup, not to Google or Apple, not a clothing brand manufacturer, not a political party, not a social media platform. No, they belong to God. We belong to God. And we need to, there's a dignity. God has called us to a much higher calling. They need to understand they're not simply a worker bee in society, another Social Security number, or a contributor to the Social Security fund. These things will all fall in place, of course. There are certain things in life, taxes being one of them. Um, I believe we should be teaching our children as fathers to be the brightest and best they can be. Through our example... In our attitude of devotion to our God and our trust in His providence. And that will bring, I believe, joy and will bring rest. He gives His beloved rest. And that doesn't, I believe, mean every morning. There are times, like I said, where we may not be as rested as what we feel like we should be or would like to be. But God does bring that to us. He he brings rest to, to His children. And it's the kind of rest that's unlike anything that's done for the applause of men, which always tends towards more demands, more commitments, more that is never enough and never satisfied and never really restful. And I find that beautiful. God wants to give His beloved sleep, rest. And then we go to number three, which seems somewhat contradictory. Uh, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, if you are a father and you have children, you know that there goes your rest. Uh, I had one guy tell me, he loved to say it after his first baby was born that, that he just now he knows what's, what heaven is really like. There's no night there. And uh, I don't know what he would be saying now that he has five children, but um, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Yeah. Raising children the Father's highest and and most noble calling. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Let me ask you this, what I think is a thought-provoking question. What else do we find written in the Bible that says is a heritage from the Lord? Anyone here can tell me, knows of another passage that says this, Certain thing is a heritage of yours from the Lord. I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Uh, I, nothing's coming to my mind. I know that the children of Israel, their land was given to them as an inheritance. Um, but but here it's very specific. This this is a heritage test from from God. The fruit of the womb It's His reward. There's nothing really that can compare with a newborn baby. All those months of anticipation, preparation, and finally, the growing discomfort from the mother, and then it culminates in this amazing appearance of a newborn, squirming little soul coming into the world. And God says, this is your heritage, fathers. And What does this mean? So much more than I can tell you right now. But I believe there's a few things here for us fathers to take home. One is that it's a divine responsibility and opportunity. God is giving us, as earthly fathers, this, this amazing chance to be co creators with Him. We have the, the responsibility to raise these, these little souls up. You know, they're. They come to us as babies, but the souls aren't babies. The souls are eternal. They just come to us in a little baby, fleshly package, and the, the souls are eternal. And they're actually—I don't know how, how you would quite explain that—but that soul is fully matured already, um, maybe, or is fully a part of of the of God's kingdom, in a sense. Um, Malachi 2.15 says this, that he brought parents together to raise a godly children, a godly inheritance. So how would we go about treating a heritage from the Lord? We would do so with godly respect, wouldn't we? We would take into account that these little beings are immortal. We would understand the importance of our influence on their lives and exert it in such a way, that influence in such a way that it would direct them towards their Maker, God. I believe we would enjoy and take godly pleasure, and that's what I believe God would have us do, In this heritage, God has blessed us with. Somehow, dads, I think we need to let our children know we really enjoy them. If you're a dad that's bowed down with the burden of raising these kids, and you can't wait until you're an empty nester, I'd say I I would tell you you've missed it. I've heard that said. Um, I had a friend I work with sometimes, a contractor I work with, and he told me gave me his story on how that, as a very young man man, uh, his parents quite literally kicked him out of the house. I don't know if he is nineteen even, and uh, told him it's time for him to be taking care of himself. Um, you know, if kids are just a, a biological thing that happened in your life, and you wonder how kind of all these responsibilities come about, you know, you need to take a step back and reconsider your goals and your ambitions in life. No doubt, children are a heap of work. It takes a pile of money to keep a family going, to keep the wheels greased. And you might be feeling burdened about all of that right now, right here, this morning. And if you are, I've got good news for you. And that is this, you're not alone. You're not the first dead, and not the last that will feel burdened with the cares of keeping the family under roof, fed, clothed, churched, and everything else. But the good news is that the Lord has been in the business of keeping care of His children for millennia now. He's been taking care of His children. And He knows what we can handle. And He cares for us. And He's here to help us dads with all these different cares. And He doesn't want us just to survive, but He wants us to thrive. They're not, children aren't meant to be abstract. I believe they're meant to be part of the family. In saying that, I believe that children can be a real means of of helping to contribute or of contributing to the family, to the needs of the family. And we have maybe got away from that more now. Our society, we've shifted some with society we used to be more of an agrarian culture. Uh, the children were part of the workforce. They would help. They would do the chores, uh, feed the animals, have the responsibilities. I grew up in that kind of a setting. And it was good. Now we've moved more to uh, professional and, and, and uh, blue-collar sort of work. And it takes fathers away from their homes in a different way. Um, just looking back a bit, I went to work at a fairly young age. Our family uh, was facing some real financial difficulties due to medical events, needs. And uh, so I went to work rather young, and I knew that my work was a contribution back to the family. And looking back, I have no regrets for that. I have no regrets for that involuntary contribution. I knew I was needed and that, that contribution was appreciated. And dads, I believe you're doing your children a tremendous favor when you open the door for them to contribute to the family unit in some way or other. Maybe it's not a need for bread and butter. But elsewhere, is there... Can you find a way for your children to contribute, to, for them to be a real part of the family unit? Just as a principle, in any event, open your heart and make yourself vulnerable to the talents of your children, just like our Heavenly Father makes Himself vulnerable to His children's humble offerings. Open your heart and make yourself vulnerable to the talent of your children, just like our Heavenly Father makes himself vulnerable to his children's <laughs> humble offerings. And I'm saying that, I'm thinking back again, you know, where God has given us as fathers this co responsibility of raising children, a godly seed. And now we pass this on, we do what we can to make our own children. Uh, in all of their budding talents and mistakes and so forth, make them be appreciated. And surprisingly enough, if you're a dad and a little older, you'll know that uh, so quickly you find out that your children's talent, your children will surpass you in many ways and pretty quickly. All of a sudden, they can run faster than you can. Um, And uh, surprisingly enough, my children can close their ears now, but they end up knowing more than you do. And, uh, you know, um, I would just say this. Establish the kind of relationship with your children that won't make that realization awkward or embarrassing when that time comes around. Be... Co partners with your children. Number four, fathers are called to have wisdom and to exercise discipline. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. This speaks to me of discipline. A good archer will know that to hit the target, he'll have to be prepared. He'll need to know his arrow. Now today we get these arrows and they're aluminum and now they're a, um, a fiber. Uh, they're, they're different. I can't think of the name now, but they're a composite. And um, they're made very well. Uh, they, they shoot all the same. They all have the same exact weight. But in the time that this was written, I'm thinking there were, the arrows were made out of wood. The wood probably responded a little differently. The the uh, arrowheads or whatever was on the end of the arrows that they used probably rocks, stones, chip probably had a little different weight, and so the archer needed to really know his arrows. Probably, you know, with the same draw um, and the same distance, an arrow would one arrow would respond or land differently from another arrow. So they added a whole different element of, of uh, calculation there than what's needed today. And I like to think of that way with us thinking about our children. children our children being arrows. I think it's a good lesson. We need to know our children. Just like that archer needed to know his arrow. They're all a bit different. They'll respond differently to ch- chastisement and to encouragement that we give them. Their needs for affirmation will be different, but always keep in mind they're ours, from, from and by divine right, and for and by, and for His God's divine glory. And we should, we should uh, study our arrows carefully. And I believe when we fully and truly realize that truth knowing that these are arrows these are responsibility from the hand of God it will affect the attitude and the actions we take toward our children in every respect we'll guard we'll shepherd, we'll guide we'll push, we'll pull, we'll spank, we'll affirm and in Every sense parent with awareness that these, offsprings, these offspring of ours are in an heritage and co-heirs in the inheritance of Christ. And it's going to make a difference in how we go about disciplining and about raising our children. And I think that right there is a key difference between godly parenting and then an parenting to try to get a certain result. Um, There are these techniques we read about. You do this and you expect that result. You do that and you expect that result. I believe when we parent with this thing in mind that these are are gods and that we're to prepare them, we we do it in a different sense. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. The resulting blessing of godly children is beyond compare. I've told others, my wife included, that I can't wait to be a grandpa. I think that's going to be great. Uh, Part of it is, you know, it's not entirely unselfish. Um, And so, those grandpas are here that could probably tell me, well, there's, you know, there's challenges that come there too. But, you know, as I see older men, older couples surrounded by children or having their children with them, good relationships, and I see how God has worked in their lives, that to me is one of the most beautiful pictures, uh, you know, that I can imagine. And, and fathers, I would say this, we can do our best, but to have our children witness to the enemies in the gate is, a, is the result of a work that's much greater than ourselves. The Apostle John's testimony was this in 3 John verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. In the end, if we have, in spite of our failures and our humanity succeeded in bringing our children to Christ and to an embracing of the truth and a commitment to obedience to the Word of Christ and to the earthly body of Christ, then I would say we could echo the Psalm and the Apostle John in being happy and joyful. Zechariah 4 6 says this. Um, this is the Lord speaking to Zechariah or the angel there that was with Zechariah. He says, this is the word of the Lord is Zerubbabel. And this following phrase is, is what I'm focusing on. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's where I believe as, as fathers need to be looking to. Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of Christ. And then I'd like to quickly go through this. uh, Just a real psalm of blessing and encouragement to us as fathers. The Lord knew we needed the encouragement because fathers faced a high and difficult calling. Um, They face a high and difficult calling today just like they did then. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in His ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. And I'm going to put a number six in here. Dads, teach your children to enjoy the fruit of their labor. There's nothing wrong with that. That is great. And what comes to mind, just a very simple illustration here, is going home after church in August and going out to the garden and picking a nice ripe tomato. Vine, ripened tomato, about three of them. And taking them in for Sunday dinner, you know, what can compare to that? Um, And there's so many areas, you know, but teach your children to enjoy the fruit of their labor. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. It shall be well with you. Something very special about that. When you've worked together, you've stressed together, and then you get to enjoy together. Uh, I think that has a way of just drawing a family together, and it can be a way of us just drawing a family to a focus on God, too. And dads have a natural role in this, in teaching their children the wonders of learning and creating. And then we have this number seven. It's a complete number. I heard someone here say they liked the number seven some time ago. I forget who that was. But it's a complete number. I was taught that growing up. Um, And so you have number seven here. It says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants are all around your table. Lovely wife, right in the heart of the house, which of course would be The kitchen. And children around the table being nurtured by the good grace of God, the cooperation of their leader, father, and committed wife and mother. What a beautiful picture. What a very ideal picture. And you know what? We tend to think, when we look at society, we tend to think, you know, somehow we've got to reset scripture. All of this society has changed so much that how can this, you know, we almost begin to wonder if this can really um, uh, be relevant. And the truth of the matter is, is that's what God wants for His children. Um, Since the expulsion of man from the Garden of Eden, there is no place, I believe, closer to heaven and the heart of God than the God-fearing home. And fathers, I believe we need to be striving for that. And this takes a lot of work. It takes dedication. It takes sacrifice. And tons and tons of humility. More tons of humility than most of us fathers are naturally endowed with. We need to ask this of God. I would throw in a word of it's contrast. The father who does not treat his wife in a godly way loses the blessing of the Lord. It's kind of negative and all this positive. Uh, Malachi 2, going back there again, it says in verse 13, 14, 15, he says, why all the weeping and crying? He's saying you cover the altar of the Lord with tears. And why is all this happening? The answer is, is because you don't regard the, because God does not regard the offering anymore. Nor does He receive it as goodwill from you. And why? Um, because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, He says, with whom you have dwelt, dealt treacherously. Yet, He says, she is the, your companion your wife by covenant. But did He not make them one? Having a remnant of the Spirit, and why one, he seeks a godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. And here I believe is, is such an important um, um, th- uh, thing for us dads to, and fathers to remember, and that is we are really setting an example for our children by the way we treat our wife. First uh, Peter 3.7 Husbands likewise dwell with them in understanding giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Something we can do as dads, as fathers, as husbands, to make sure, ensure that our home succeeds, and that is to treat our wife, our children's mother, right. Not treacherously. That's not what God wants. We ruin our blessing when we do that. Together as being heirs of the grace of life, that our prayers be not hindered. Fathers, let's take hold of the of these blessings. Um, We have a couple more here. Verse 4, Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. A conditional promise. Man will be blessed who fears the Lord. And then this general, very general blessing. The Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life and I'm going to paraphrase here just a bit, the Lord bless you out of your home. And may you see the good of your people and your church community all the days of your life. Is that taking that Scripture out of place? I don't think so. Um, That blessing is still for us. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Peace be upon Israel. What a beautiful blessing. Peace be upon Israel. Can I say Bethel here this morning? We have a high calling, but we also have a great God. And uh, He's here working with us and wanting to make this this, uh, thing of fathering successful for us as dads. And... um, It simply calls for ourselves being willing to commit, to be humble, and to walk in His ways. May God bless you as you father and as you dad. And you know, this goes beyond the married men here. It goes beyond just the ones that have children. It goes to you men. There's so many ways that, that you can uh, that you can father. I think God has put that into each one of us as as men to want to to lead and to nurture and to to help others if we just if we just uh, realize that. May God bless you.